Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Florence. Each week, we'll bring you a special guest that will truly motivate, inspire, and encourage you to never lose sight of who you are, what it is you're meant to do, and to offer valuable advice on what steps you can take to help you believe in yourself, achieve your dreams, and ultimately lead you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. Everything from the importance of you know, prioritizing, making your priorities, and um, understanding how to handle defeat, understanding how to win graciously, um, hard work, all of these lessons, they don't, they apply so far beyond sports. And I think that it's important to, to normalize this, to normalize thinking and, and having feelings and writing them down mm-hmm. and approaching your day in a systematic way with, you know, a journal or a, a list of, of tasks to do and best approaches for getting through these lists and how to manage your day. Um, I mean, mindset is huge. And I do think that as a society, for a while there, we kind of just like shoved it off and like, no, right. push yeah. it. And that's, it really hasn't hasn't benefited us as a society, I think. Um, yeah. So I think we need to normalize the way we, we think about, you know, the way we talk about mindset. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast. I'm very excited to bring you a special guest, a new friend of mine I've met through Todd Durkin's mastermind group, Sarah Stack. Sarah is the owner and founder of In The Game Fitness. In The Game Fitness is committed to serving teenage girls through comprehensive safe, skill, and specific athletic-inspired training programs. The four pillars of their In The Game Fitness are mindset, nutrition, training, and recovery. Founder Sarah Stack believes in providing a nurturing, supportive, and fun community for high school girls who want to play both competitive sports and those who just want to have a more active lifestyle. Sarah is a certified personal trainer, a fitness nutrition specialist, a stretch and flexibility coach, and a mom to a daughter and a son. Welcome, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well on this uh, kind of rainy day in the um, south. So, um, but we're, we're getting through, we're surviving today. <laughs> yeah, gotta go um, with that. <laughs> so Sarah, um, I'm very uh, excited to kind of bring you on because uh, we, uh, as, I, as we were talking before, um, it's first time meeting you, you know, people through the mastermind, um, uh-huh. really just seeing what they're about and what, who they're serving. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, let our audience um, really get to see what you do and who you're about. So thank you again. Um, so Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where you're where you're originally from and how you started in the fitness journey. Sure, sure. So I am born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, and I've lived here, like I said, I've lived here my entire life. Um, and took kind of a roundabout journey to get to working in fitness. I have a master's degree in public administration, and I worked at a university here for a number of years prior to having my first child. So when my husband and I found out that we were pregnant, we were fortunate enough that I could be a stay-at-home mom. And I did that for nine years. We have two kids. And so I did that for nine years. And when our youngest was in pre-K, starting pre-K, 
it was finally time for me to just you know, do, I needed, I needed to kind of find myself again, you know? So in fitness has always been a part of my life. Um, my dad worked at a university here in new Orleans, a really big university in new Orleans and uh, Tulane university. And, mm-hmm. um, it started in high school. We had a membership at their rec center. And so I would go there. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I loved it. You know, um, mm-hmm. a rec center, it was just, I don't know, an immediate kind of like, this feels good to me. Right. Uh, and then, my husband and I, it's always been, fitness has always been a part of our life. Our first date, we went to a rock climbing gym. That's <laughs> <So, laughs> the uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's just something that's always kind of been there. So here I was, you know, nine years of being a stay-at-home mom and feeling so fortunate that I had that opportunity to do that because not everybody has that opportunity. Um, but it was time to kind of find myself again. And the first place I turned was to fitness. Um, a friend right. of mine, owned a gym, a boot camp gym. Mm-hmm. And I went to one class and I was like, ah, I'm sold. Love it. This is great. And about 10 months into it, I went to her and said, I like this. Like, I think I want to coach. What do I need to do? And she's like, well, you need to get certified. And she was kind of um, like a mentor for me to get certified. Mm-hmm. So I did I certified as a trainer and I was able to coach classes at her gym. And I did that exclusively that for about a year, year and a half. And I just started getting that feeling like there's something more, there's something more. I have these ideas going and, and, you know, where do I want to go? I love athletic training. That's just from the get go. Mm -hmm. Like I zeroed in right in on that and, um, just kind of things just went from there. I've always been a person that says, if I have an idea, I'm going to try to go for it. Um, but it was difficult because I have two kids <laughs> right. and I they're their mom and the number one for that, for them to turn to for, for everything. I mean, my husband's job provided for us and I took care of everything else. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just been kind of an interesting right. <laughs> path to navigate, you know? Yeah, um, I can imagine. And so is your husband involved with the business? Is he into athletics now and as well or? Oh, no, he has, he works, uh, he works in corporate finance. So yeah, this is, this is me, my thing. Yeah. So that's your baby. Uh, and, um, and it has to be challenging kind of having two young kids and, 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 and being a, and a working mom and getting back into really your passion that had to be challenging just, um, to kind of navigate through that, those younger ages of, of the kids. And I can relate to that. What, what, uh, what piece of advice would you give to that young mom now who's maybe thinking of doing what you did and, and jumping into their profession? Well, I mean, if you feel it in your heart that you're being pulled to do it, then you have to do it. Cause if you don't, there's so many what ifs, right. Right. And there's so many ways it depends. Like for me, from fitness, for example, you can do it at any level, really, you know, you get certified mm-hmm. and you get, coach I know so many people who they coach a few classes a week and that works for them right Right. and that's that's what's so great about about doing something like this in fitness because that works for them to 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 coach those few classes a week perhaps they have more kids than I do or they have other issues or whatever and Mm -hmm. um I say you know it's important to if you have that that pull and that passion like you need to follow it because if you right. don't, you're going to make yourself miserable. You know, if you, you know, you're going to always wonder, what if I didn't, what if I did this? What if I did that? And I understand that like, there's a lot of, it's an emotional decision. 
because mm-hmm. especially if you've been, you know, a, a, you know, the primary parent in terms of like, if there's some, but they're sick from school, it's you, you right. know, you, you take care of the calendar, <laughs> you know, right. you get them where they need to be and it's all on you. And, and, um, it's hard to make that jump, but I mean, like work with your partner, you know, and have, you know, it's important to have a supportive partner and mm-hmm. say, okay, really going to do this. Cause it's not, if I'm really going to do this is if we're really going to do this, right? Team we're in this together, you know, I mean, exactly. and that's kind of how, I don't right. know, that's okay. yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And having that support support system in place uh, and allowing you to, uh, to do what you love is important. So that, that, that's great advice and, and spot on. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, what I'm curious about is, the you know the new orleans area like uh what is the what's the athletic um and the fitness um what's the passion like for uh young athletes down there is it you know i'm from the northeast and it's all hockey and lacrosse you know like so what is like what's the big um drive down there for that you that you see on a day in day out basis uh I, i'm always curious like different parts of the country what um what thrives in that area and what's what's lacking uh, what can you talk <laughs> about that <laughs> well for for the for the boys so yeah. um well a little background so i i did i started i, I um started in the game fitness and that was targeted specifically to girls um mm-hmm. and a few months into that i had an opportunity to take over or to 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 run the performance training division at a physical therapy clinic uh, sexual performance training. And so I took that opportunity and, um, in the game fitness is kind of like a, it's there, it's the home for the blog. And it, I originally wanted that to be a, uh, mostly web-based program to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like my little passion side project because I had this opportunity here to, to take over SBT, sexual performance training, Mm -hmm. and we work with girls and boys. (laughs) <laughs> so actually nice. I get to, yeah, yeah. So, and it, it is, it's targeted towards high school athletes mainly. And, um, so I do get to see that other side of it because New Orleans is a football town. <laughs> I, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> big football town. And I have to say basketball is, um, is definitely there and it's been pretty consistent in different communities around our Metro area. Um, mm-hmm. we are definitely one of those areas where you see the, the mm-hmm. courts, the pickup basketball courts and they're full frequently. Right. Um, so that was one of the things during COVID is like, they went and took all the nets down for the court. I mean, it was like, so sad to see, you know, just you know, um, but in terms of like the boys sports, we are, we are a football town for mm-hmm. sure. Um, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we see a lot, of, I'm coming from the North. Uh, east and when I first moved down to North Carolina um pro sports then like I said hockey and lacrosse really dominate that area so I was a little taken back of how big football is and yeah. how the importance of it is and just how awesomely like, you step into any high school even high school level um the passion I just so it fires me up to see that and I really enjoy it so I, I've never been to your part um, so I need to take a trip down there and, and yeah. check that for sure. So uh, that's we have our my wife and I have this little uh, um, board that I made on when I talk about uh, date nights out. But we, I made this board that I probably regret doing because it took so long to do. But that's another story for another time. 
and it was we put like little pins of where we traveled. So uh, have yeah. not been a part of the country. So that's that's on um, that's kind of next on the list to see what that's about. Yeah. And down and see us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sarah, so one of the things that really caught my eye about what you do is the comprehensive training model. And particularly because I have, and I talked to you earlier, I have a 14 year old daughter who's into sports mm-hmm. and swimming and competitive cheer. Yes. So can you tell our listeners more about it and the thought process behind developing it? Absolutely. So, I mean, it, to me, it just, it makes sense. And I, I recognize that it's not like this novel concept, right? But right. I mean, Fitness is, is a lifestyle really. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes hand in hand with wellness. And so the four pillars that, that I stick to, and I use those here at now at SPT as well. Um, it's, you know, training, mm-hmm. nutrition, mindset, and recovery. So again, like I mentioned, I, I love athletic training. I was drawn to that from the get-go and I love high school kids, you know? So right. it's like, to me, able to train high school athletes is just, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a dream come true really. And, but if we're going to do this, like we're also, we're setting these kids up, not necessarily like yeah, I may have one or a few that go through and they might end up, you know, doing something, you know, really big with it, you know, like they might go pro play in college or something like that. But the way I look at it is like, I'm, I'm helping these kids learn lessons that they can apply to their regular life. Right. right. Yep. And so being active. That's, that's super important. And I want them to understand and to know what we're doing. So, you know, I'll tell them what the muscles are actually called. I explain, you know, the process that your body goes through to produce energy so that they understand why it's important to take those few seconds of rest Mm -hmm. before, you know, and then finish your final few reps versus try and do it and you're doing it wrong and you're opening yourself up for injury. So explaining all of that to them, I really do believe that these kids understand what we're talking about. And when you, respect that, that they have this understanding, respect them enough to explain what's, what's going on in their own bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my, you know, when it comes to training, like I'm not going to dumb it down for them, you know, and explain what we're doing and why. And in nutrition, I mean, everybody, anybody who really, we know that the link between what you eat and what you put in your body and how you perform, it's undeniable. And the earlier we start teaching this to kids, the better, the the more, the better off they're going to be. Right. And right. also shown that the way to help a family's eating habits change is to get to the kids. So, right. and they're interested in it. They really are interested in it because they understand that if I, you know, eat better, if I eat this, if I make sure I'm getting enough protein and I make sure that I have enough carbs to give me the energy, because again, you explain it to them, respect them enough to explain mm-hmm. why then, um, they're going to take that with them beyond playing high school sports, right? right. Um, mindset. Oh man, I could go on forever about, about mindset. <laughs> I mean, from everything from the importance of, you know, prioritizing, making your priorities and um, understanding how to handle defeat, understanding right. how, to handle, how to win graciously, um, hard work, all of these lessons, they don't, they apply so far beyond sports. And I think that it's important to, to normalize this, to normalize thinking and, and having feelings and writing them down mm-hmm. and approaching your day in a systematic way with, you know, a journal or a, a list of, of tasks to do and best approaches for getting through these lists and how to manage your day. Um, 
I mean, mindset is huge. And I do think that as a society for a while there, we kind of just like shoved it off and like, no, right. push exactly. it. And that's, it really hasn't, hasn't benefited us as a society, I think. Um, yeah. So I think we need to normalize the way we, we think about, you know, the way we talk about mindset. And then in recovery, again, you can't deny the importance of recovery mm-hmm. when it comes to athletic performance. And sleep's a big part of that. And these kids, nobody, these kids don't, I fight my, I have my daughter's, you know, a teenager and it's, Same. it's, a, you know, I mean, they don't want to go to bed at night and they can't wake up in the morning. You know, um, I understand it. I get it. And I'm not saying that just because I say, oh, make sure you get, you know, X number of hours of sleep per night, they're going to do it. But you just start put, planting those seeds. <laughs> right. But, and then in recovery as well, it's like, you have to have time. Your body has to recover. And again, educating these kids about these really important things. It'll, it'll help. It pays off in fitness and in their sports performance, but it's going to pay off in life as well. Right. And do you see like when the kids that you're coming across, um, whether it be a young, young male athlete, young female athlete, are you seeing a lot of that, uh, knowledge or the lack thereof because, because they, they may be not surrounded, you know, the, the lifestyle home isn't there as far as, uh, maybe their parents, you know, they, they live a different lifestyle of they're not athletes. Um, their eating is not as, you know, as healthy, but they're coming to you uh, for that help. So or do you see some of that, uh, a mix of those type of athletes or are they coming to you, you know, just really just, they need some knowledge base for you to give them. And they, they come from their parents or athletes, or they, they kind of see them, their parents living that example. Actually, I see that there are a lot of, there are a lot of kids whose parents are living a really good example, but a lot of kids with busy parents. So, and it's hard. I mean, if you have kids and they're busy and especially if they're athletes and they're involved in a lot, they've got practices, they've got games, you've got tournaments, you've got, you're traveling sometimes and it's hard to do everything right. You know? Um, So, and I understand that as a parent myself. So I try to, to almost say, okay, like, let's take this, break this down. And, you know, like, these are some great tips for navigating the school cafeteria or, you know, things like that, where just make it realistic. You don't want to, cause I mean, yeah, you can come in and be like, this is what you could do to be a perfect athlete. And it's not going to be feasible for a lot of people, but if we Mm -hmm. really just kind of say, okay, like, this is important. It's important to make sure we get enough protein. So let's work on that. It's important to make sure, you know, this is what, you know, you keep hearing all these things like, oh, carbs are bad, carbs are bad. Like, no, let me explain right. you why carbs are not bad and why your body needs them. And this is where you can, this is a good way to get them. And the thing that has impressed me more than anything is just how much these kids want this information. Right. They, they want to know, which Agreed. is great, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There. I mean, they're like, uh, especially I can remember from, you know, like I'm big, I'm big into juicing and, and I mean, vegetable juicing, by the way, <laughs> I mean the other kind of juicing, let me clarify that. <laughs> let me clarify that for the listeners. I'm big into vegetable juicing, not the, the other, um, <laughs> that kind of, uh, and I remember, uh, my son, I think he was three or four at the time. And I, I had, we took, I took a picture of it. So he's like curious of what I'm doing. And I've got this juicer on, I'm throwing in, um, vegetables and fruits and stuff in there and he's just kind of you know those little heads tilting of kind of figure out what's how is right. that making that you know so 
so it's it's the examples that we lead, but they they are. I mean, they're a sponge. So like now, like uh, to see them in school and and asking questions about and particularly watching. And I mean, how often do you see a kid pick up and turn and read a label on a on a food carton or anything in the store? So it's very rare. So when I see that with you know with my kids, I kind of um, you know have a little moment of pride of like, oh wow, they are they are listening. They are they are observing <laughs> some information. <laughs> that you know they may not want you to realize that they're absorbing it but right it's, right it's uh, it's funny it's, it's, it's i love it and um sarah what are some things uh parents can do for their children in terms of athletics and the training process so that if they have a young child or teen in sports they know how to properly guide them and get their child on the right path to learn how to train eat and have that right mindset well the thing i see a lot of right now is that so it's becoming very popular to like, we see year round sports now. So like between travel ball and I mean, there are different degrees of that as well, but we're seeing this, a lot of kids that are way, in my opinion, way too young to be choosing. I'm going to play baseball forever. You know, you make, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I don't advocate that at all. Um, but we're seeing that, you know, like, oh, right. so is great at softball. So we're going to do nothing but softball all the time. And she's going to be the best. And then it's going to be wonderful. Well, mm-hmm. she's also opening herself up to overuse injuries. And um, just there's a lot of reasons why just for social reasons. And there's a lot of reasons why I don't advocate choosing one sport early on. Um, so I do think that that's one thing parents can do is that, you know, diversify, give them options, you know, play different sports throughout the year. And if you do have a child who loves a sport when they're younger, um, don't do it all year long. Say, okay, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to swim or, you know, right. let's, you know, let's do, do other things that are fun. I mean, honestly, what I do here. We do, we see off season, a lot of kids in their off seasons, because we don't do sports specific training. This mm-hmm. is, it, it's skill specific because a lot of those skills will translate over. So I can right. have a tennis player and a softball player, they're both rotational athletes. I can put mm-hmm. them in the same class. We can hit some things that'll help benefit them, but we're also working top to bottom. It's not a class that's specifically for a rotational athlete or a tennis player or so, you know, um, right. Um, in their entire, you know, full body. And when it is time to start getting ready for their season, they're ready, you know, they're fit, they're ready. They, you know, aren't having shoulder problems (laughs) at the start of the season because they've been, you know, wearing out their shoulder in the entire off season. Um, So that's one thing is like diversify what your kids are doing and it doesn't have to be an organized sport. Just keep them at what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. So what, age would you say and when you talk about like try and try a little bit of everything if, if i'm a parent listening what age like or specifically are you referring to or um that you see that because i used to when i first moved down to charlotte uh i was involved with the ymca and we did we had kids that were in soccer you know lacrosse basketball and tennis i mean swimming everything you know under the sun and um it was nice to see at a young age, uh, we worked, uh, I think our youngest age at the time was three to four. And those were like clinic type things. We're just really just learning to run without falling over, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so that's interesting, but it's, it was nice to see as they got older, you know, like just the progression of their, 
you know, their um, agility and their coordination from sport to sport. So what, what age do you, would you recommend that or say that not, and to, to a parent listening? Um, I'd say if you have a, a child who's in middle school and they love, and they found a sport that they love and they are convinced because sometimes that happens, like, this is what I want to play. Um, then, you know, that's fine, but make sure that their off season conditioning is not specific to their sport. Um, by the time they get in high school, chances are you have to choose at that point, um, because of the workload involved in high school, there's social, you know, you don't want your entire life to be the sport, right? So there's a social aspect as well. So they have to be able to still have a social life. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes kids get high school jobs. So at that point, it does make sense. Like, okay, this is the one that I love. You make the choice. But again, in your training, like, don't go all in. Like, okay, I'm going to be a volleyball player, so I'm going to do nothing but volleyball year round. Right. May not be the best approach, you know. Right. You can focus on it, but make sure that you're you're spending your off season doing something other than just volleyball. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I think from what I've seen, and I don't know if you agree from that standpoint of if your sport is say volleyball, and you did. Um, some some training with basketball players, baseball players. I think that makes you, from what I've seen, it makes that athlete a better athlete because they are using different muscles and different different movements, right? And so, I think aspect that's great as well because you're just meeting more people. You're meeting more athletes, more kids who have a similar passion, but maybe it's a little bit different. And that's that's a big part of sports as well. It's like it just opens up these different worlds for kids right. and building relationships and friendships. And it's not, you know, it just, I don't know. I think it's better. I like, I like when I have a class with, with a variety of sports represented in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I see that from where our part, where we are in Charlotte, that it's season to season. We get a lot of athletes to come through just from a personal training standpoint who work with a different coach for, we've got one particularly that comes to mind, a soccer player, but, the gentleman who's trained her uh, has also played professional basketball. So he, you know, he incorporates some of his other, you know, his old past um, habits into what she's doing. And, and and I've, you know, I see the difference in her just that short period of time she started working with him. So it's amazing to see that. It Um, really does improve overall athleticism. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Right. Uh, (laughs) Definitely. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Sarah, I want to jump back, if I could, to your story. So uh, part of this podcast is I like to pull out and see a little bit about, the, you know, get more about the behind the scenes, if you will. Uh, and we all have that story. I know you've heard that several times from the Todd, Todd's group, especially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we all have that personal story that really inspires us to take that major step towards achieving that dream moment or job in life. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Uh, talk to us a little bit about your personal journey that um, the kind of you know, again, led you where you were today, but what, what's really, what's more about that story that, um, that drives you? Well, it was, I had to make a decision, um, if I was going, and it really was like a decision about my parenting, like, how are we going to do this to, to be able to, to, I knew that if I was going to take on a, a full-time position, and make this, you know, really pour, you know, my heart into it, that something, you can't do everything, right? So something's going to have to give. And it's hard when you were the the go-to parent 
for managing your kids' lives <laughs> right. to, to, to giving up some of that. Right. And mm-hmm. that was a decision like, and then you, there's, there's a lot of guilt involved. It's like, okay, so I'm doing this cause I want to pursue my passion, but now I can't always pick my kids up from school, you know, right. Missile time, you know? Um, I mean, and there, there's a lot of guilt involved in that and trying to figure that mm-hmm. out. I mean, fortunately my daughter's a little bit older where we can say, Hey, let's figure out a ride. But I mean, my son, you know, I mean, he's not playing any sports right now at this, right. this, this, this semester in school, this fall semester, he's not playing any sports right now. He's active mm-hmm. he's moving, you know, he's a busy, right. he's, he's also in third grade. He's not like he's in high, you know? Right. Um, but that's something that we just couldn't fit in right. this, you know, this fall. And, um, you know, so there's definitely guilt involved in that, but then I also have to mm-hmm. think about how, like, I'm trying to also set an example, especially for my daughter, right. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, you can pursue your dream and pursue your passion and that it, there's, there's value in that. And, mm-hmm. and that my life doesn't necessarily have to completely revolve around right. what my kids have going on. Right. You know? Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, you need that. You need that. Day, honestly, because that's, that's, you, you hear, you get, you get it from both sides, you know, like there's this big, like, tug of war almost mm-hmm. and it's no oh, you know mom should pour themselves into their kids and you know that's their life and i get that i did that for nine years and i have complete respect for every parent who does that then i also i get the whole like i'm a better parent because i have this other thing that i pour myself into you know um right. so i mean <laughs> you know that's kind of like the big yeah no, I said that's. The, I mean, that is uh, the balance that we talked about earlier. That I think you, it's important you have that, and um, I feel like everyone's story is, is unique to them. So, so I, I I see it with a lot of parents that we come across in our two facilities, uh, running around and just trying to do you know get that five minutes um, of of parent time, alone time, if you will, for yeah. them to work on themselves. And I think that's important. I mean, yeah, it's good advice to pursue it, um, um, to make you, um, uh, you know, really passionate of, of what you're trying to do and lead that, lead by example, but yet also fill your cup up too, so that, you know, sure. you're not, you're not running empty, um, on your, on your side of it. So, uh, then, then you're able to give more back to your kids. At least I feel that way. Uh, if you're, if you're a pretty balanced individual. So, um, right. so, um, so one of the things that when I was looking through what, you know, your company does, um, I was really interested and I really uh, do find it amazing that you're touching so many lives. Um, and one thing that I found interesting and, and I think it's beneficial to so many young athletes, particularly the young females um, and the stresses they deal with in life, school and sports, what's the one piece of advice you would give that young athlete who is trying to figure out their path um, for them really even navigating through, um, you know, middle to high school uh, and versus what, you know, their social circles are telling them or the world is telling them they should be doing or what they should do. Oh man, that's such a tough, it's a tough place to be in. Right. Um, I see it. I see it with my daughter, you know, like I said, you know, as we talked earlier, my daughter's 14. And so, and, and I see that 
to your point earlier of just um, having a time for a social life and putting time into sports and, you know, and the stress that, that she's going through. And um, so I kind of lean on my wife on that part because I'm like, you know, I don't know how she, my wife's <laughs> gone through that from, from the female side of, of cheerleading and everything that she's doing. So what, you know, like, what do you, what's your opinion on that? Well, okay. So for example, it's really easy to get bogged down and overloaded to load up that schedule and to have so many things going on. So I think that it's important that we counsel our kids to prioritize and to take a step back sometimes um, and say, okay, you know what, you're doing this, this, and this, that Mm -hmm. has you busy, you know, five nights a week, basically, or four nights a week, plus all day Saturday or something. Um, Like you have to prioritize it. And a lot of times kids who are athletes are also pretty competitive. Um, And so (laughs) there's certain personalities that, that, that creep in, you know, on a pretty consistent basis. Right. And so if they're pretty competitive, then they are probably, you know, they might beat themselves up if they, you know, aren't making, you know, the perfect grades or if, um, or, you know, if they mess up a test because they were late at practice because they were at practice the night before um, or, you know, anything like that, you know, or if they, mm-hmm. you know, something suffered in their sport because they had to study for the test, you know. Um, right. So I think that trying to help our kids figure out how to balance it all is important. But we also have to explain to them that some stuff can wait. You know, you don't have to do everything all the time. You know, and it's like there's there's seasons, right? And like so, like honestly, like there's sports seasons, but mm-hmm. I mean there's seasons in life as well. You know, so like my daughter is a dancer; she mm-hmm. does classical ballet. She's also a cheerleader at school. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, there's there we're in Nutcracker season right now. So <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that priority for us. And football season too. <laughs> and, yeah, well, she cheer, She goes to an all-girl school, so they cheer for it's volleyball right now. So okay. we're going to basketball. Right. So, um, but uh, you know, like we're in Nutcracker season, so maybe taking the advanced level ballet class is isn't maybe this isn't the time to do it. Maybe we put that on a back burner, and you focus on Nutcracker right now because Nutcracker is coming up. And you've got three roles and let's make sure that that's a priority for us right now in terms of mm-hmm. the, act, the activities like Nutcracker is because it's a short-term priority, but we're going to really focus on it. And then, okay, so we have to get to cheer X many days a week. Sometimes cheer is going to suffer because you have to go to Nutcracker. And sometimes Nutcracker is going to have to wait because you have a test, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so trying to help them figure out like, it's okay to not do everything. And you have to be like to help guide them, but you also help have to help support them in that. You're like, okay, so you know what? We're not, we're not going to this class today because we have to do this. And I mean, it's difficult and it's hard for them sometimes to understand that, but I mean, that's part of our job as parents. And right. I think that as a, somebody who, who coaches kids as well, like I understand that, you know, mm. if I can't, if a kid's like it's exam week, so I'm not going to have a lot of kids showing up this week. And you know what? That is great because their school needs to come first. You know, I know Mm -hmm. the basketball trials are coming up and, you know, we want to make sure that we're in, you know, in good condition for that, but you have, you have to do your best in school. Right. Right. 
So, and what are some of the strategies or you offer to the, to the athletes that you coach, or even with your own um, daughter that helps them? Do you have them journal? Do you have them, uh, you know, put a to do sheet together, you know, to do list together, or something like that? Like, what type of strategies do you help so or what- teach them? One thing that, I mean, it works for me really well. And so I tell all of my kids about it. It's like, get an appointment book, not a planner. (laughs) There's a difference, right? Right. But a book is going to break your day down into 15 to 30 minute intervals and get different colored pens, pick Mm -hmm. your categories. Like this is school and block it off in your day. Like if you, you know, if you've got a busy day, block it off. I'm in school from eight to three. That mm-hmm. is whatever color school is green or that is green. That's all green. Right. And then if you've got practice after school, like that's another color and it goes right in, you know, put that in there. Mm-hmm. But when you have an appointment book and you see where your hours are actually spent, it helps you be more efficient with the time that you do have. So right. that's one thing that I am a massive advocate of is specifically an appointment book that has your day broken down. Not that just gives you Monday with like five lines underneath it, Tuesday, five lines. That's not going to do it. Right. You know, I've tried for years to make that work and it, it, it does not work when you're busy. Like you need to see where the hours are. And I think that that also, there's a mental aspect and mental part of that too. When you look at a day and be like, wow, I really do only have three free hours and I need to eat. And I have a test on Thursday. So you know, it helps you be more efficient with your time. You know, I also tell them to write down sleep, put their sleep in their appointment book, make an appointment right. with yourself to sleep because it's that important. Right. You know, your bedtime is 11 o'clock or 1030 or 10 o'clock or whatever time it is, like mm-hmm. give yourself that bedtime and write it in there and make an appointment with yourself and take the responsibility to make sure you get there. And it's not going to happen every day, right. but if just keep doing these things, like set these practices into place now. Mm-hmm. It really, it really will help you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Even into adult, even into adulthood, really. I mean, if there's adults now that we're trying to coach to do this, to that, do that same thing is I don't have time yeah. to eat right. I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time to drink more water. I don't have time to go to the gym. And you, but you have times to run around through your entire day to meetings and carpool and whatever you're trying to do, but yeah. um, they're, they're forgetting that one important aspect is their health. And, and I think that starts if we can teach that at that young age of, yeah. of or getting into a practice of, I think, seeing its importance. So I agree with you. Like if you see, yeah. you're putting it down, like, wow, I didn't have, I had no idea I had 24 hours a week just I'm practicing for my sport. So where does right. that leave time? Where does that leave time to study? Where does sure. that leave time to eat right? And how am I getting my sleep? Am I getting enough sleep? So all those right. things. So I think that's excellent. What age, like, so getting back to your point, is it the same age you would you recommend for parents, you know, parents listening to this and they're kind of taking notes as as you're talking? Would you also would you say, hey, you may want to start this at middle school age as well? You know, like start having them keep in a little calendar, even if it's like even yeah. if they're not in sports, just so that they can see, like, I kind of relate it to, like, my wife and I always joke around, or, or, and not, I shouldn't say joke around, we really pay attention to screen time uh, yeah. on the phone. I think it's equally, if you do something like that, if you want to know where you're spending your time, pick up your yeah. phone, you know, and every 
you know, your we, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so would you like, would, would you recommend that same age to kind of maybe start something like that? I would say around middle school is a good time because I feel like when the kids are in middle school, they're giving them a little bit more responsibility. You know, my, my third grader has, he calls it his agenda and he has to write his homework down. So that's, they're starting that at that point. But I feel like in middle school, it's like they're given a little bit, they're trying to prepare them for high school. Right. So they're giving them a little bit more responsibility, um, a little bit more ownership of managing their time. And I think that that's a good time to, to, to plant, to kind of put that out there, you know, for them. Well, you know, if you write, and I, and this is the other thing I say appointment book and people may think I'm old school for this might be, you know, giving away my age a little bit on it, but I don't mean an appointment book app. (laughs) I mean, an actual like book, right. Right. You can touch. Yeah. (laughs) Write it down because there is a, a brain body connection. When you write something out, it's different from typing it out with your thumbs or your fingertips or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean an actual book and in kids in school, it's like you can go and get their assignments on Google classroom that the teacher has put there, or you can have them write it down. And they're, I mean, at least at my kids' schools, they're trying to get them to write this down, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's important. So I think when, when they start getting uh, more responsibility in middle school, this is the just, mm-hmm right in there, just do it, but it's never too late. You know, I mean, I didn't discover appointment books. So I was an adult. So <laughs> right. yeah, no, it's, I think I agree. just to see, to practice putting that pen to paper and to getting into some sort of system that's going to start at an early age and carry on as they yeah. progress through school and into, into adulthood, I think matters. So, you know, that's, no, that's great advice. And, uh, I think not too many people are doing it. So if, if more people get in the habit of doing that, that will, raise awareness to things that they're lacking and in, in, in they need to work on. So, um, yeah. so Sarah, I know you're, what you're kind of, I know you just finished working on because I was part of that, but um, this, this awesome project called What's Next. So um, Sarah's one, Sarah and I were part of a book uh, to those who are listening called What's Next with a mentor of ours called um, named Todd, Dur- Todd Durkin. And um, Sarah and I were one of 28 authors who co-anchored this book. And um, and Sarah, your chapter um, I found to be very interesting, but the listeners haven't read it yet. So can you tell them a little about your chapter in particular? Sure. So I, I, I have chapter 18. It's called Here's One for the Girls. And it is about some of the specifics of training female athletes in particular. Um, teenage female athletes. So we go through a little, I go through a little bit of the history in women's sports and why that I think that it's important for, um, for us to talk about this. So there's a lot of research out there that proves that girls who've played sports their entire lives as kids, they tend to quit around the age of 14. Hmm. And um, we see this consistently. And so there's also all these benefits to playing sports throughout the teen years in terms of time management, things that we've talked about today, time management and social aspect, um, obviously just, just physical benefits, mm-hmm. active. Um, but there's also some that are pretty specific to girls. For example, uh, our bodies produce bone at a higher rate when we're younger. So when our kids are active and, and, you know, being physical, like they're produced, they're, they're producing 
healthy bone. So we see a large percentage of women over the age of 50 with osteoporosis, correct? Right. So <laughs> continuing to play sports and to be active, like physical, like resistance training is bone building. It builds mm -hmm. bone. And right. you're at a time in your life before the age of 25, when your body is producing more bone, like it's, it's this great opportunity to like put a massive dent in the rates of osteoporosis when women are in, when women are older, it's like, right. You're missing this opportunity if you quit playing sports and you quit being active and you quit resistance training and everything that goes along with it. So that's just one example that's mm -hmm. that is specific to to girls and to and to women. Um, there are some other reasons that that research has shown is that they they you aren't seeing as many professional um, coaches and athletes as role models for high school athletes for teenage girls. I mean, we're seeing more. But I mean, mm -hmm. the numbers don't even compare <laughs> no, in terms right. of, of professional athletes and also like professional coaches for, mm -hmm. for women, uh, for girls sports. Um, some other things, there's so, there's so much. It was hard to whittle it down. <laughs> it, was such, it was such a good chapter. I was like, I want, I want, I want, I want to say about it, but I want Sarah to talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I mean, and in terms of just, you know, the, the rate at, at which girls mature versus at which, you know, the rate at which boys mature, I mean, they're dealing with bigger issues than boys are at an earlier age, you know, and it's hard, you know, their bodies are changing and like don't know what to do with them and their hormones are changing and they're angry and they're sad and they're happy. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's tough to navigate. And then we're on top of all of that, we're going to be like, here's your rigorous practice schedule. <laughs> your games and make sure you're doing off season, make sure we're doing, you know, it's a lot. And so we, 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 we see, we see girls basically just say I'm done and they walk right. away. Um, which is sad. And I think that we should encourage the girls to at least stay active and maybe you know, just to continue to, to play sports because the benefits are so astronomical to playing right. sports. Um, so kind of set it up that way. And then, in an effort to continue to get girls to, to get girls to continue to play sports. I think that we need to take this approach with the four pillars that we talked about a little bit earlier um, and really keep that in mind. I think if we do that, then we'll have more girls stay in sports no, during their two yeah. years. Yeah. Which uh, I think it's, uh, it's such, such good advice and folks excited for people to read your chapter and, and the book, but just particularly that <laughs> chapter. Um, and again, I'm a little, I'm a little biased because I have a 14 year old daughter. So I'm kind yeah. of right in that. I was really drawn right. to that. I was drawn to your chapters. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a daughter who's, I mean, she's, she's taken classical ballet since she was two and a half. <laughs> so we, we've added cheer to the mix. So it's, yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, um, so. absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I'm, I can't wait for her. So uh, a little plug for her. Where can they find your book? Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon. All sales on Amazon, and you know this, David. All yes. sales on Amazon, um, the proceeds from that are going to go to the Durkin Impact Foundation, which um, is a wonderful organization that is going to that's going to benefit. Uh, we have a, a renewed uh, target for a lot of those funds. It's going to go into teen suicide prevention, which is, I mean, it's 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 huge. I mean, we talked about mindset a little bit earlier, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. another part of it as well. I mean, we were seeing this happen over and over and over again, and if we can put a dent in that in some way, then that would be, that's, that's tremendous. Um, but 
also, I love the fact that Todd and Melanie founded this or founded the Durkin um, Foundation mm-hmm. after seeing Hurricane Sandy ravage their hometown. So, like, I'm from New Orleans. I mean, we went through Katrina. I I've lived yeah. here my life. You know, I left to go to I left. I went to LSU. I went 75 miles away for college and then moved back. <laughs> I <laughs> know. Um, we don't go far here in New Orleans. We're one of the most place-bound parts yeah. of our country. Um, it's one of those. They say that it's it's a you can live anywhere, but there's only one city that can live in you. And right. I do wholeheartedly. It's it's a part of who of your identity when you're from here. You get it. You get it. If you don't, you don't. And that's fine. Right. But well, know, sounds we get like it. the next sounds like the next mastermind. If Todd's listening, or if he listens, when he listens to this, hopefully he does. <laughs> Next uh, mastermind retreat should be down in your your part of the woods. So that'd be awesome. I would love yeah. that. Help, yeah. I'll help. I'll help. I'll help make that happen. If, if yeah, he wants. We'll, we'll just put that bug in his ear right now. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, so um, keeping on that topic um, about young athletes and your chapter, um, Sarah, can you talk to the listeners, particularly those young athletes? Again, what are the what are some of the common myths that you see and hear from the kids you're serving today? And I mean, in terms of how, you know, how they're eating, training, sleeping, you know, talk a little bit about that earlier, but what are some of the things that you're seeing and hearing from the kids that are coming in and out of your doors each day? Well, I think that, like I mentioned earlier, that they really do want to know, they have so many questions about nutrition. Um, so I think that I'm glad that I'm able to help the kids that I am seeing, but it's mm-hmm. like, I think that if these kids who are athletes are having these questions about nutrition, think about the kids who, who aren't athletes. Like they probably have similar questions and similar interests as well. I mean, I think kids, they definitely want to know how to feed, how to nourish their bodies, you know I mean? And that's something that whether you're an athlete or not, like you really should, you really should want to know this. So, and there are things, you know, like they'll ask me about like, Oh, coach Sarah, which, um, what do you think about this energy drink? Or what do you think about, you know, having this kind of a, a snack at, you know, after, before practice or whatever. So they are there. They, they want to know specifics, you know, it's like, it's great to give them like, okay, here's like an overview on right. fitness nutrition. Cause it's this huge, massive topic. Right. But yep. they want to. And so like, for me, there's a few principles that I adhere to that I, I try to pass on to them. And they're, I mean, there, it's nothing earth shattering, but, um, it's easy to remember. So for me, like one of my mantras is eat, add another veggie. And I mm-hmm. tell them that like every meal, and then I feel like, and a fruit, like throw that in there too. So at every meal, look at what you're eating and be like, okay, how can I add in a vegetable or a fruit, even breakfast? Like, okay, I'm going to throw some raspberries on this, you know, right. um, I'm going to add, you know, whatever. So a snack, um, I'm going to choose to have cucumbers instead of chips with hummus, you know, like that's, right. you know, that kind of thing. So that's one thing. Add another veggie, um, is a, as a mantra of mine. Mm-hmm. Another one is to eat the rainbow. <laughs> right. So can you have, again, can you have the hummus and the veggies? Or are you saying no, or are you saying get just no hummus or chips? <laughs> can you substitute the cucumbers and, still have- and veggies substitute your, your veggies, substitute okay. your chips and veggies. Does that make, or is the other way around? I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <They're veggies>. Right. Because <laughs> right. the hummus is going to give you, it's actually a healthy fat. So, yeah. uh, it's important uh, for and- and uh, do you, is there any particular like um, book or like you would steer a parent towards, um, you know, they're struggling. That's one of the things they're struggling. If they're coming to see you, um, you know, they exercise fine, but they're really struggling with that nutrition. Do you have something that you give them or you 
kind of steer them towards? I, I, I actually produce my own documents for it. Just to try to, whittle. yeah, yes. I whittle it too. Um, and I've got, you know, a file folder with all my nutrition documents and try to just really whittle it down to what it is they want. And so after each time we do like a nutrition session, I'll send out like, okay, give me your feedback. Like, what is it? How can I make this better? How can I best serve you? You know, mm -hmm. what do you really want to know? And it comes down to like, like I said, they want to know specifics. They want to know when they go, what, what protein powder should I buy on Amazon right now? And mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, well, I was like, I like these three, you know, and I'll say, these are the ones that I like. Um, same thing with energy drinks. It's like, you know, oh, energy drinks, this, that. It's like, well, you know, they get a bad rep because they're usually loaded with sugar. So find one that's not loaded with sugar right. and perhaps one that's not sweetened with sucralose, you know, like mm -hmm. try, you know, and again, part of it's an education component to it as well. It's like, try to find something that's a natural sweetener versus loaded with sugar or sucralose. Um, right. And they, they write it down. Okay. Which ones have that? Okay. Well, this one, this one, this one has it. Okay. Got it. You know, um, right. or really their parents, sometimes the parents are ordering it on Amazon as I'm saying, you know, right. um, and again, again, that comes back to, there's a strong desire to do it right, but it's hard and it's overwhelming. So the way to make this happen is to make it as doable and easy as possible. And that it, you can do that. It doesn't have to be overly complicated, you know? Right. So, um, and that's another thing. It's like, it can be just this massive task, like so daunting to try to, oh my gosh, try to figure out how they're going to eat this. And so take the pressure off. These are the main points to hit. Mm -hmm. Focus on that. It doesn't have to be perfect. If they're craving, if they're going out for a friend's birthday and they're craving whatever, you know, the cake at the friend's birthday party, eat the cake. Oh my gosh. And don't feel bad about it. Don't think about it after you're done. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you have to have you have to have that balance, or you're gonna go yeah. off the rails. <laughs> Don't get into this massive, huge thing, but at the same time, drink water instead of Coke. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Yeah. We. Um, uh, one of the things that we do with our with our own kids and I, and with our young athletes that come through our doors is they're they have no idea what they you know, how much water they're drinking throughout the day. So. So go on Amazon, go find one of those, or go to any store, find where it measures and shows you how many ounces are on the side. You know, those big giant things that people are carrying around now and track your water throughout the day. And you'd be surprised how much water you're actually consuming or lack thereof right. in, in some, in some cases and what water does and tie all those nutrition, you know, nutritious foods or, or, or non-nutritious foods and how you're feeling. And really, if you're tracking that at, starting at that early age or any age, really, it really helps figure out a lot of problems and, uh, yeah. and helps you, you know, improve and know where to kind of set your focus on. So, um, I heard an app that is, it's great for tracking water. It's called water llama. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's great. It's awesome. So this is the other thing with like, there's the several apps that you can track your macros and you can track your water. Um, I don't advocate doing it all the time. I think mm -hmm. it's something that should just be like a recheck every now and then, like maybe once a month, I'll track for a few days just to kind of make sure I'm on track. And it, chances are I've gotten off a little bit. And this is a nice little like reminder, like, oh, make sure you drink enough water, you know, um, right. you know, that kind of thing, because um, everybody gets off track. But if you make it one of those things that I can't eat this until I write down the portion size in my my mm -hmm. fitness pal and calculate, da, 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 no, I can't have it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And it's not worth it. It's not worth the time, the, the energy. Just do it every now and then to kind of get a feel for what it feels like to eat well. And then, you know, stick to that and then just recheck yourself every now and then. Right. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, And um, Sarah, so if um, people want to follow you, particularly on social media, uh, where where can they find you? Um, Sure. I have questions for you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, um, sarahstack.fitness. It's Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H, stack, S-T-A-C-K, dot fitness. I'm on Instagram. Um, we do have an in the game fitness Instagram. Again, that is in the game fitness plane in the game fitness. Um, that is right now it's the landing place for the blog. And eventually it will be the place for, we have a website in the game fitness.com as well. And it will be a repository for on-demand workouts and lessons on these types of topics. Um, but again, that is my passion project. It's kind of, I'm taking my time with it. I'm not stressing myself out over it. <laughs> right, right. I'm doing what I do every day and I love, and that will happen when it happens. Um, again, that's part of the mental thing, right? You know, like right. just compromising and prioritizing and um, trying to, to practice what I preach <laughs> right. a little yep, bit. Exactly. So I'm trying to dip my, I have, like I said, we both have teenage daughters, so I technically am on TikTok, but it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't understand half of that. So that's, I don't, I don't know. She, she tells me like, mom, you should make a TikTok about this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't think my daughter wants me on TikTok. So, we'll, <laughs> so, uh, so we'll, we'll, uh, cross that bridge at another time yeah. or another segment. So for, for another day, right. Uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, and then, um, Sarah, I had a, a, a conversation um, with, with a member and then I overheard another two members. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, so I, I heard two members saying, and let me see, I wrote it down. Um, it's, one guy said to the other guy, I wish I could go back. And it, it got me thinking, go back to like, what were they talking about? So, you know, we've been told so many times to focus on, um, to not focus on going back uh, on the past instead of going forward and moving ahead. Um, so what would, if you overheard that conversation, what, what would you like, I was like, should I step up and say, get involved or what would you, what yeah. would you have done in that situation? Cause, uh, um, that literally just happened. And I'm like, and I was I'm like, I got to write this down and ask Sarah, you know, like what, you know, yeah. every, we all handle things differently. So, so okay. I just said, you know, I told the guy, no, we got to move forward, blah, blah, you know, so, right. <laughs> so, you know, and just that kind of relates to really what they were talking about was, I think, um, just going back and they were seeing, and I want to go back and do things differently, but like, um, it, helped, it makes us think of like, what would we do in from our athletic career or nutrition or work career? What, what do you think about that? What advice would you give on that? Oh, man. Um, honestly, like, I get the whole, I wish you could go back and do things differently. If I, at this point in my life and in my career, I totally would have majored in kinesiology, (laughs) right? You know, Um, but I'll say this though. I mean, I, I have a master's degree and I actually was halfway through a doctorate when we found out we were pregnant and was like, okay, I'm not going to get my PhD. Um, But what I learned in graduate school was how to learn, right? I learned how to read. I am, when it comes to everything training, in this whole world that I live in now that I love, I am Mm self-taught 
and I'm self-taught because I knew how to learn. I knew how to research. I knew how to find the information that I need. I knew how to educate myself on this, right? Um, so yeah, I didn't major in kinesiology, but the time that I spent in school, in graduate school in particular, has served me so well. So saying like, oh, I wish I could go back, like I get that. But in reality, instead of focusing and lamenting, like, oh, I wish I could do this differently, you have to just switch that into like a growth mindset frame of mind and be like, no, 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 like you learned something from that. And that is valuable. And you can take that and you can apply that to where you are and where you want to go now. Cause it's never too late. You know, I started this at like 39 years old <laughs> after being a mom for nine years at home in a completely different field than what I thought I was going to do when I was in my, you know, early twenties. Um, you can always, always start something new. Now that's not to say I don't have you know, reservations. I was sitting here looking at like the book. I was looking at the list of authors in the book and reading their accomplishments. And I'm going, oh my gosh, like, how am I on this list? Right? right. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. So. <laughs> I've been doing this for four years. I don't have a degree in any of this, you know, like, right. how am I on this list? But I'm on the list, right? I'm in the book. I'm, the, I'm one of the authors. It's okay. Like, you got to get that out of your head, like stuff it away. And it's never too late to start something and take whatever it is that you're saying you wish you could have done differently. You can't think about it like that. You have to reframe it. You have to be like, okay, what did I learn from that experience? And how can I apply that to where I am and to where I want to go? Because, you know, I mean, you can't live looking back. Right. No, it's you know? great. Great advice. And so it's, uh, it's a deep question. So sorry to throw that at you. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> I was, I was curious once I heard that. I was like, hmm, that's a good, uh, let me throw that in last minute. Um, that is a good question, though. It's a great yeah, question. Yeah. So, that, so, they, so, they, so they added to the podcast. I'll have to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> a little discussion. Um, and uh, so, Sarah, so being that you're on a podcast called Why Not Me, um, uh, and before I get to that question, um, I, I forgot to ask you. I want to ask each guest a little fun fact about themselves, a special talent they may have that's something um, people don't know about them, their friends, family, um, anyone listening to this who you know, wants to know Sarah, like what's the little fun fact about um, Sarah that you want to share? I feel comfortable sharing, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am a classically trained violinist. That's impressive. Violin <laughs> yeah. at six years old. My dad's a professional musician in New Orleans. It's part of my blood, right? Yeah. He, he worked in the music department at Tulane. He recently retired. I had a position there for forever. And um, he's a professional musician. And so music was a huge part of our lives growing up. So a lot of kids, you know, and here I work in sports, they like they were picking their sports when they were kids. We picked our instrument, you know. Um, so I chose violin and I did that through high school, played violin. I picked it up a little bit in college. I still have my violin. Um, there are so many lessons that I learned from that in terms of just practice and um, just the way the brain works and the way the brain processes what's going on around it in terms of mm -hmm. you know, could be music, um, watching, you know, watching what's happening. Um, there's so much value in that. And so, yeah, that's my, my hidden talent. <laughs> 
that that's a that takes a whole nother level of discipline. So you're even yeah. so you even at a, a age before you got into athletics or or mm-hmm. when you you're already doing it. So uh, so yes, and and I can my daughter my um uh, daughter did a little bit of piano, and I'm like man, I, I was looking at the how they read the sheet music and things. And yeah. Like it was just, I was like yeah, that's not for me. So <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you some help <laughs> that you that you need for that. So uh, yeah. that's not my area of expertise. Um, so, uh, and then, so jumping back and to kind of wrap this up, so, and I appreciate your time today is, um, so being on the podcast, um, I mean, what does that mean to you? Uh, and what would you, um, say to somebody else who may be questioning, you know, whether they can, they're capable of doing something and, you know, doubting themselves? Well, it's, um, like I said, it's one of those things. So I, for me, the biggest obstacle in this was, was my own getting out of my own head. It's my own self-doubt of and questioning whether or not I should pursue a career at all, <laughs> let alone one in a field that I, I don't have, you know, formal education. And um, when I technically don't have to, and that I, I have the a possibility to throw myself into being the end all be all for my kids right? Like to be the mom that does everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, to go from being that person to now I'm going to start this career. I mean, there's a part that feels selfish. Um, but at the same time, like you can't deny when you have a passion for something and you just, you know, you feel driven to do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that, that's really been the biggest obstacle for me is overcoming my own like head chatter. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No. Um, but again, like if you feel like, and, and there is, there's value for, I do feel like I'm serving my kids in a different way now. Um, mm-hmm. my son is here all the time. Like, it's great. I can go pick him up and I bring him here to work with me and he gets to see me work with the other kids. He gets to see the other, you know, the, the what's going on on the physical therapy side. Um, mm-hmm over there. And fortunately they love him. And I'm so grateful for that because he gets to spend his time here and he gets to be active here, which is obviously important to me. Um, yeah, it's great. And, um, I think, so there's value in that from him. And I think that there's value for my daughter to see me doing something that helps kids her age. Right. You know? Yes, exactly. Friends. (laughs) Right. Friends here which is mm-hmm. which is awesome for me as well maybe puts her in a little bit of an awkward situation at times but <laughs> if we can't embarrass our kids then we really really <laughs> yeah no that's uh that's that's what we're here for so <laughs> right exactly exactly so um but i would say you know follow that passion follow that follow your heart and know that there's no one right way to parent to be a parent there is no one right way to do it it is this, there is no book for it. There are tons of books for it. There is no book for it. You know, parenting each kid is going to be different. Parenting mm-hmm. in each situation is going to be different. My husband is so supportive of me doing this because um, it, it means that it meant to change for him as well. Mm-hmm. And I realize that. And I'm so fortunate to have his support. And I've never been told, you know, I was never the kid who was told, you know, oh, you can't do that. My parents have always said, you can do whatever it is you want to do. Like I grew up hearing that on a daily basis, you know, and I have a, my husband is incredibly supportive of me doing this right now. And mm-hmm. so really it's just me. 
It's my right. own head. You know, I've got to get over that. And I, I'm working on it. You know, I, I realize that it's there. Um, but, you know, you follow your heart, follow your passion, you know, because right. it, it's going to pay off. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, and, and I think uh, to, for, for those listening who think that, you know, it's too late to do something or they're not good mm-hmm. enough, really just, um, you know, sit back, evaluate, um, mm-hmm. kind of what, um, you want to do. And, and if you're at a point in your life, what did it take for you to get there? It took something to get there and it took motivation right. It took grit grind. And, and if, if someone just writes that down and really sees it and steps yeah. back and says, wow, look what I've done to date. I can definitely do this. So, yeah. you, can. so yeah. you don't have to go from like zero to 60 either, you know, right. like I started teaching, teaching bootcamp classes, coaching bootcamp classes. And then I found this passion for athletic training. Like, what am I going to, you know, like, that's great. I started bringing that into bootcamp more and more, but, um, eventually, you know, it's like, I, then I knew I wanted to train kids. So I started in the game fitness and I started working on that. And then this, you know, would say opportunity is the product of, you know, preparation and, you know, whatever that saying is, right. Mm-hmm. The opportunity came and I went for it, you know, and I'm so glad I did. It's, it's been amazing and wonderful and there's so much more potential and it's great, you know? Well, yeah, Sarah, you're doing so much, so many good things and, and helping so many young, um, you know, athletes out there, male, female, you know, and, and parents too, who are, who are listening um, and watching you, what you're doing, setting that example. So, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing and keep making that, you know, that as Todd says, again, you know, create that impact that you're doing and, and really? serving it's, so many people. So yeah. um, I'm happy to, um, you know, have you on today and, and to finally get to talk to you. So, yeah, it's been yeah. great. Wonderful. Like this community that we have through the mastermind has been one has been great. So that's another thing I would say to people who are trying to, to figure out like to, 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 if they should follow their passion, it's like, find that community, find that community that supports what you're doing and go in on it, you know, like find, you know, find whatever group it is, join that club, join that mastermind, do it. Because when you're surrounded by other people who have that same passion that you do, it just fuels you even more. And it does, it boosts your confidence and it helps you get over that head chatter, you know, find, find those people who are going to help, help you reach your peak, you know, reach, fulfill your, your potential, like find that you can't do it on your own. Like you need to have. Yeah. That support system matters and, uh, and having those right you know, those like-minded people around you make the, mm-hmm. you know, can really make or break your, your direction that you want to go to. So, and your mindset. So, you know, take advantage of those. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Seek those, seek those people out. So, yeah. um, Sarah, thanks again. Um, you know, you've been great and hopefully, um, you get lots of new followers and, um, <laughs> <laughs> new, new people, um, calling and emailing you, you know, wanting to, uh, and train with you and be at your facility. So thanks for your time today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, David. Thanks. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope you were impressed with Sarah as much as I was. Sarah took a leap and trusted everything would work out 
And to me, that takes a certain type of person willing to step out of their comfort zone and pursue their passion and dream. Sometimes it may not work out, but that's okay. Taking a chance is the only way to know if it'll work out or not. Trust that it will. And if it doesn't, then take that experience and learn from it. Identify what will take to succeed for the next time. Failing is okay, but you'll never know unless you take that leap and find out. Thank you again, Sarah. We look forward to following you along your journey as you continue to serve the youth of future generations in the sports, fitness, and life. As always, thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star review, a like, a follow, and refer it to a friend. When in doubt, ask yourself, why not me? Why not now? Until next time, have a fantastic day.